Ask the Podcast Coach for March 30th, 2019. Let's get ready to podcast. There it is. It's Saturday morning. It's time to get your funk on. Hey, it's time for uh, Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. I'm Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting. Dot com and uh, joining me right over there, the one, the only, don't be fooled by cheap imitations, Jim Cullison from TheAverageGuy.tv. Jim, how's it going, buddy? Greetings, Dave. Happy Saturday morning to you. I didn't know it was uh, talk like James Brown morning. That's it. So. Oh, ah, you know what? That's the one thing that singers can get away with. We should start doing that in podcasting because they can just out of nowhere just go, oh, just mm, yeah, nobody's ah, done that yet. Ha. Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's done that yet, so I maybe that's a new genre of. of uh. <laughs> that's it. Well, if you want to join the uh, the show, come in and grunt at us. We would love to have you. Simply go to uh, askthepodcastcoach.com slash join, and uh, we are here every Saturday at ten thirty Eastern Standard Time, and uh, we would love to have you come on in. We're, I always go out to Facebook. I find a lot of questions. And uh, bring them over here. But we are more than happy to uh, entertain any questions you have. We're at uh, askthepodcastcoach.com slash live. We are always there. I know last week I mentioned we might be using, and I can't remember the name of it now, Get Vocal. And mm-hmm. I did not have enough time to play with it. So, and next week, uh, Jim, are we having a show? Because I will be at this lovely thing called the National Association of Broadcasting, better known as the mm-hmm. NAB show. So yeah, I'm, I'm coming. I'm getting back from New Orleans. Okay, so, let's so just, let's just no show next week. Okay. So that'll we'll, be, we'll both have stories when we uh, when we come back. I yeah, I hate to take weekends off, but you know it's you don't. It's yeah. not worth it to try and and try and push it for any B. Sure. Well, not only that, but it's it's better to. I always say now it's better to have a late show, like a show that's in our case a week late. You know, right, but we're letting right. people know. But if it's like if I normally do things on. Monday, I would rather put out a show on Tuesday that's good than a show on Monday that's like, well, it's Monday, so I Rushed promised you a show. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's always. Um, it wasn't NAB where the podcast yeah, thing? Yes, the, I, I, the, the New Media Expo. I'm having flashbacks <laughs> because the last time I was there, the New Media Expo was a crumb on the table of NAB. NAB mm-hmm. takes up the entire just Las Vegas Convention Center, which is just it's big. It's like a city in itself. I remember yeah, when I was huge. there and Rick Calvert gave me a tour and I was like, man, I can't mean he goes, oh, well, this is just like the C level. We haven't made it to A and B yet. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. But I, I did find a, a question and boy, I could try this person's name and it would just butcher it. I'm going to say, hmm, Mutagi, maybe M-U-T-T. AGI Matagi. Okay. Uh, Run with it. Run with uh, it. He says, I'm about to start a podcast with a guy who doesn't listen to podcast uh, as the podcast geek. I'll have to do all the background work, the production, the technology, the equipment. The main reason why I want to do this is because we have great chemistry behind the mic. We've worked together a few years ago on a terrestrial radio station and the magic was definitely there. So that's that's part I missed. I, we we're talking about this earlier. Uh, here's the he's the loud, passionate type. When I'm the level-headed Excel spreadsheets kind of guy, whatever it is, the formula seems to work. But the fact that he doesn't listen to podcasts and probably never will is troublesome. I've uh, I've encouraged him to listen to other podcasts to get an idea of how the medium works. 
but to no avail. Uh, to be frank, my goal is to build an audience and earn some money, perhaps not John Lee Dumas money, but hopefully pay a couple bills money. He goes, this, is, uh, this isn't my first podcast rodeo, which is not having anything to do with my show. Uh, yes. <laughs> I believe it can be done. He says, musicians appreciate good music. Baseball players love watching, wait a minute, basketball players love watching basketball games. Writers enjoy reading books by other authors. Hence, you know, he should get some support from people that like his show. Uh, Should I be concerned if a podcaster doesn't listen to podcasts or am I making too big a deal out of this? And I was like, well, that's not your typical question. Are you, are you hiding his name? Is that Rob Greenlee? No. (laughs) Although it's, he did change his format and there are times when, well, if you can't say anything nice, there are times when Alex gets a little, just a little, I'm like, you know, what's he, they bring him he goes up. up a, he goes up a gear. Like you can hear him go <laughs> up a gear or maybe two gears. I'm just joking, Alex. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm just joking. I'm just, I, I, why could, why couldn't you, or why shouldn't you try this? Right. I mean, why couldn't it be a great scenario where you, you get, if the chemistry is good, that's, I think that's a huge chunk of, like we get comments about our chemistry mm-hmm. from listeners. And, and I think that's, I mean, if, if you get that chemistry and you're the, the I think the, 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 um, the thing you got to watch for on this is if you're going to do all the work right, and they're not going to be able to do it, is, you, is that going to make you bitter after a while? That, like are you going to resent that? Right. Yeah. That's the thing that I was thinking about. And I missed it the first time I read this was the fact that they'd done a show on radio. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Because my whole thing is maybe you think you have chemistry, but you're not sure. So they've already proven that. And if that was a good show, that's where I was like, well, wait a minute. If the previous radio thing was good. Yeah. Like what's, yeah. I'm like, I think he is overthinking it. And I'm with you. The only thing I would do, and we've said this before, if you do any kind of show with a co-host, go through the checklist. Who owns the show? Who's doing what? And that way everybody knows what their role, I guess, is in yeah. the show yeah. and yeah, go there. Yeah. Like we've got this question on our Q12 at Gallup, you know, do I, uh, do I understand what's expected of me? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's really, really key. We've talked about kind of sitting down and have some documentation around who's doing what and who's responsible for what that would be my, really my biggest concern would be, are you going to get kind of bitter? Like, ah, I'm doing all this stuff. And then all this guy does is come on and, he, you know, Dave, we have a, I mean, we have a similar relationship here. I do podcasting, so I, I know what we're doing, but this is your show. I let you promote it. I let you advertise it. I promote it everywhere I go, but I think, I think our expectations are pretty clear as to who's doing what. And would you say like, if I wasn't doing enough, would you say something to me for you? Oh. Like if there was, if you're like, Hey Jim, I'd like you to advertise this thing a little bit more. Would you say that if you felt that way? Or maybe you're going to say it right now. Actually, Jim, it's funny that you bring that up. Uh, <laughs> you were talking yeah. about it. You know, I guess, but it, to me, I mean, this show was started as a test. Like this yeah. was never supposed to be a real show. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it became one though, but yeah. wouldn't you, what, yeah. do, you feel, do you feel like you could say something if it was like, Oh yeah. Hey, I need you to, could you just promote it a little bit more? Yeah. Yeah. You I, know? Yeah. Um, I think we have a pretty good, I, I, yeah. To us, because we're both having fun, it's like, I think the communication is pretty simple. Yeah. So, uh, you know, um, let's see here. We have uh, Ross says, there are athletes who don't watch games for fun, radio shows who don't listen to other shows. 
I don't think being a consumer podcast is a requirement. Yeah. Cause here's the thing I thought about this. Cause I can see kind of his thought is like, Hey, you're not going to hire a jockey who's never ridden a horse or, or, or doesn't watch other horse races. Maybe it would be a better uh, analogy of that. But on the other hand, if this guy doesn't listen to podcasts, he might actually bring something to the table that is brand new because, you know, there's, um, oh, I forget who there was a guitar player I was listening to and he doesn't listen to any, like most people are like, Oh yeah, I grew up on Chuck Berry and I did this and I listened to Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin. And this guy's like, no, I don't listen to any of that. He goes, I just don't have any uh, music background because my parents listen to big band or something like that. But consequently, this guy sounds like nobody else because he didn't follow the same thing. So if this guy's never listened to podcasts, he's not going to want to name his show, you know, politics on fire because he's never listened to that. So that, that could be the actual good side of it is the fact that he's not going to, you know, come in and, and want to do this or that. So that's yeah, it could, it could create some innovation spaces, right? Where the, like, oh, I just do this. I didn't know I couldn't do it. And, you know, when John Lee Dumas started with the six question daily, there was really nobody doing that. And if John had listened to the traditional, the, you know, the traditionalists of the day of you do it weekly and it's technology and you, you know, right, fill in the blank, right? John would have not created it. And he, he, he made a genre, so to speak, in podcasting, right? He made that, that, entrepreneur daily hustle yeah. on fire. Like think of all those things that came out of that. He invented that for the most part. And there'll be people who tell me that, no, he didn't, but he kind of did. And so I think sometimes we can, if we get too much in the bubble, we get too influenced by each other. We listen, you know, we, we, we become, it, it gets homogenized and, and I, I think it can stifle innovation. I think it's good that you, you go outside the box. At least try. What that? Exactly. And that's, I'm going to, there's another question I got here from Reginald uh, out at Facebook, at Facebook. He says, currently I record my podcast directly into my computer to edit the show. I use the software program logic. Someone mentioned that I should record my vocals into the H6 that he has and then download the vocals from the H6 into logic, which, which would provide a better sound. And he's saying, well, is that true? And so in our first kind of question, we're like, should I record with this guy or not? Should I do a show? I'm like, and we're kind of saying, I don't know, do it and see what, if it works. And they've already done it. They've already had good chemistry. So for me, I'm like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm -hmm. And so this one, I think sometimes people, I don't know if they're, on one hand, I love the fact that they're thinking about it and they're, they're pondering, hmm, maybe I should or shouldn't do this. But there are times when it's like, do both vote with your ears. Because mm -hmm. I know I had a, a Dell computer once that for whatever reason, it's the only computer I've ever had that if I went into the, the sound card that came with the computer, it did not sound good. It just a lot of hiss and it didn't matter what my recording levels was just for whatever reason, that sound card was caca poo poo. And so I ended up getting a Griffin iMic and I plugged it in via USB and then I would go into that and it was fine. So this is one where, you know, well, which one should I work? Should I go into straight into GarageBand? Should I go into the H6? And I'm like, do both. Listen with your ears. I don't know. What do you do? do you, Jim, do you? I think that you go directly. Like a lot of work. Yeah, I, I pull the Hangout, drop it into Audacity, FFmpeg, pull it out, send it over to Auphonic. I mean, it, 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 I, don't, I don't spend too much more time than that thinking about it. 
I do go back and listen to it after a week after we're done. I go back and listen to it just to make sure my, you know, a little QA, my, my, uh, sound is okay. And I'm, we're not, I'm not introducing any weird artifacts to it or, you know, whatever you, you catch those kinds of things when you do that. But no, I, and geez, I, I don't know if, it, it gets more complicated when you do video. Like if you're just an audio podcast, you have a lot of options to, to do because you're never, you don't have to sync that audio back up to the video. You don't really care, right? So um, if you're just audio, and I'm like you, environments matter and your own sound matters. What do you want to sound like? I would try a couple different, I'd spend a weekend try a bunch of different ways of doing it and see which one you like the best. If it's the other question is how long is it taking you to process all this? Like, you know, if it's taking you four hours to get it done and if you have it, awesome. If you don't, well, you need to do something simpler. Well, that's it. That's where you go. Hmm. If I go into the zoom six, it sounds, he said, holding up his fingers in a very small, this much better, yeah. you know, but then you go, yeah, but it takes an extra five minutes to drag the file off the H6, off the SD card, and blah, it adds more to that. And then you got to go, all right, so was that extra five to 10 minutes worth the this much better audio quality? And that's where, because right now I'm going into, well, for this show, I use the Roadcaster from, from Rode, but I, when I'm doing the School of Podcasting and anything else, I'm going directly into Hindenburg. And the reason being, A, so far, knock on for Micah, it hasn't crashed and it's a solo show. So if it does crash, it's not a big deal. I can just re-record it again. And it, to me, it doesn't sound bad. I used to, to uh, when I was using the mix pre six, you know, it sounded great and it went into it, but it was like, eh, do, is it really that much better? And I'm like, mm, no. So uh, in fact, Ross has a comment here about the, uh, the mix pre he says, using the mix pre, I can't tell a difference between recording the mix pre and recording the Mac. I'm with you on that. That's where I was like, you know what? For ease of use and stuff, I'll just plug directly in. And, you know, I think that's where we often listen through the ears of a podcaster and we go just a little too insane on, you know, I, uh, I recorded uh, David Hooper on Thursday and he had just gotten a new computer and he didn't have Chrome on it yet. And so we ended up using Skype. And I was like, so I, the difference between using Skype and using Squadcast. And I was like, there's a little bit of hiss on David's track. And I'm like, you know what? That's because I'm sitting in a quiet room mm. with headphones on. I was like, this really isn't, you know, I, I can easily clean that up. But it really wasn't. Uh, that, it can that, be, though. It can be a different yeah. a difference in sound. Yeah. You we, know. Well, that, the other thing, too, is you have to be careful uh, with Auphonic. Sometimes if you uh, have just something, uh, we were talking before we hit record today, on breaths sometimes in Auphonic, if you happen to just be right up next to the mic and you go, you know, well, Auphonic's going to hear that and go, oh, that's supposed to be a word and and bump up the volume on it. Um, yeah, well, my let me let me say the genesis of the story. Right. I was going back and listening to last week's Ask the Podcast Coach. And yeah, I go back and listen to these too. And that's breath I just made on the uh, live is fairly unnoticeable and quiet. But and there were some spots. And what the genesis of that was, I was listening to the pet peeves or why I don't listen yeah. or what makes me mad. And I heard Craig say something about, stuttering and I do that all the time. So I was, li I was like, I wonder, I wonder what we sound like on ask the podcast coach. I, I do listen to it, but I hadn't listened to, to it with a critical ear. 
and I started hearing, and I was like, like Luke, I am your father. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so I went back to the live. Oh, immediately I was embarrassed. And so I went back to the live. Okay. Okay. I'm, I went to YouTube, got our live and I didn't hear it. And I was like, okay, so Dave's doing some processing. Something's catching my breath. And I don't, and uh, it's interesting. It was me and not you. So that's when I thought, oh, maybe it is me. Hmm. Then when I went to the live, it wasn't as pronounced. So anyways, we've got a little, you know, we have a little problem there and it's not really that bad, but yeah. I'll have to listen. Think about those when you think about those problems. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because some shows I do live, like I do, obviously the show is live. And then I do another one called the podcast review show with Eric K. Johnson. And we have a Google doc where we know like here, cause we tell, Hey, here's what you did good on your show. Here's something else we would, would do maybe a little differently. But a lot of that is, it's kind of different that it's hard to get kind of a flow going sometimes on that. Cause I, I, I know what he's going to say. So I'm trying to set up my sentence so he can then say the thing that I know he wants to say. So there's a, a weird little dance going on in there. And for whatever reason, we are both um machines on that particular show. And I was listening cause I'm getting ready to release a new episode. And it's one of those things where I'm listening in back and I, and, and it's, it's what I call low hanging fruit. It's where I go. Um, I think it's something like, I'm like, why didn't I cut that out? And it's because I don't want to listen to an 80 minute podcast, even at 1.7 and pull it out. And so now again, you have to vote with your ears. And I'm like, is that so many ums that it's now distracting or is it just me because ums are like a nail on a chalkboard? I'm like, I'm not really sure. So I, I need to go. I think if you hear it, you got to pull it. Yeah. So that's where I'm like, yeah. eh, I'm going to pull it out today and go back and uh, Jason in the in the chat room talking about breath says uh, the deep breath is a great tool in RX seven. It is. It's not a miracle worker, but it, it does help. Uh, Jimmy, you were going to say something. Um, no, I forgot. No, well, uh, Gregory, it'll come back to you. Yeah, Gregory says uh, I've changed my setting so many times. I still didn't get the sound I like. How many iterations are enough? My room is not the problem, I guess. And here's the the thing. Again, I think sometimes we listen through the ears of a podcaster, but here's the, here's the problem with that. Because I used to say, like, I did a thing. Uh, in fact, we have one today. Uh, the School of Podcasting. I call them office hours. It's just basically it's it's this, except it's private. And somebody was asking me about different microphones, and I took the Audio Technica twenty one hundred and I plugged it in. And in fact, I might do this later and put it side by side with these two. It's really not a whole lot different. And, but I understand why people change microphones. Cause I used to be like, what, what do you, you went from a PR 40 to an RE3. What's, what's the difference. But if it doesn't sound good to you. And that's where I finally figured it out when I've, I've gone to these different places where I get somebody hands me their guitar and their system and I have to play. And I'm like, Ooh, this is not, can we add some bottom end to this thing? Or can we make it a little chunkier? And I get, from a guitar player, if I don't like the way my guitar sounds, I don't play as good. So I get, if you don't like the way your voice sounds, you're not going to be probably as confident or just maybe have a, a thing like that. So yeah, uh, Jim has a great question here. What microphone are you using, Gregory? And if you want to join in, if you want to come in and just talk with us, uh, we would love to have you. You can just go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash join, and we'll just drop you into uh, the video. But it is... Uh, if you've moved around, he says he's kind of moved around. And so if you've moved around and you're still not getting it, if you, it's, it, it's probably going to be your mic at that point. You know, that, that may mm. be the one thing. Yeah. What's then, the one or, thing that's consistent? You're right. 
or if you're running that mic through some processing, uh, I'm I'm more of a native fan of it. I do run it through a Mackie mixer that has some effects applied to it. Not very many, a little few few you know a few little tweaks in the EQ, and that's about it. But I, I am I am a big fan of get it as native as possible, especially when you're trying to troubleshoot. Spend some time eliminating all the other factors around you, including set up a little sound tent for yourself. Get some blankets and some stuff. You're not going to do this all the time, but if you really want to think it's the room, put some blankets over you and get in a get in a really tight sound area and record that way. That way, you know for sure you can eliminate the room. If that's if it sounds exactly the same under the blanket as it does in a room. Well, you've got uh, you, you got that eliminated. I think you just have to start stepping through some things to eliminate other things to get to the bottom of it. Jim, I have in my hand. Ooh, it's show and tell time. Oh, that's right. So um, what? What? Because yeah, uh, Michael was saying I said the phrase. Oh, and I did not hit the button. But just to show you the difference between microphones. Do you have a PR40 sitting in a drawer somewhere, Dave Jackson? I, I do have a PR40. Oh, my so, gosh. So if I turn... So, e- eBay. eBay. Yeah. So I'm going to uh, I'm going to mute this microphone. Nothing here. Yes. Yeah. And now we hear the PR40. So there's. it's already I can hear the bottom end of this thing. Oh, yeah. I like you on the PR40. The All right. Smooth jazz. Well, you're trying. Yeah. You're but, just talking normal, but the other like. thing that's different about this microphone is if I get further away and I get closer, you can hear the bass pick yeah. up. Now, if I do that with this microphone, it's not hardly at all. So, which is one of the reasons why I really like this microphone. There's no proximity effect. More highs. More highs. Yeah. Way and, more highs. On and this it. has, of what course. Is, what's the other microphone for audio? Oh, yes. Folks? I'm thank you. The RE320. Okay. And now I'm back to talking with a high LPR 40. And if you'll notice, I'm having a hard time with plosives here because if I put this bad boy yeah. right in no, say you, happy you peanut need butter, a cover, you yeah. need a, a spit guard on that. thing. But if we now, now that I'm back to the RE three twenty, and if we pop in the audio technica 2100 and it sounds like this. Okay. Again, a little different, you know, it's, I hear a little more upper end, not as much bottom end maybe, but this microphone's seventy bucks. This microphone is three hundred, and really not a huge difference. There's the twenty one hundred again. So this is me on a twenty one hundred, and this is me on the. Wait, yes, this is me now on the RE three twenty, and this is me on a twenty one hundred. So there's a two hundred and thirty dollar difference on that, and it's really not. I feel like I'm at a press conference. If I put the PR forty here in the video. There was no collusion. So, but uh, I got to put the mic. I'm, I'm unplugging microphones that are still plugged in. So in the end, I go now, here's, here's the question I asked. Did any of those make you want to tune out? Like, did you hear the microphone and go, ugh? no, exactly. No, no, so, no, I would, it, it, but it is different. Like you yeah, can yeah. hear the different, uh, by the way, Emily in the chat room and said she'd been hanging out backstage. So watch that for oh. us. If she jumps back in. Um, we, I, and I can't see Emily, so I can't remind Dave, yes. but, um, you know, I, you can hear the difference in each one of those and it does give your, your sound a different kind of feel that, that high PR 40 is definitely a richer, fuller, it's got more, more low end, but it is full. The, 
the uh, the one you're currently using, the 320. Yeah. I, that's not my favorite mic for you. I actually I like you more on the on these than I like you on the 320. Just from a sound, it's there's so much high end on those on those 320s. Let me make sure. Advanced. No, I I want to make sure I didn't have the oral exciter on. Yeah. Yeah. So. No. 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 It's just a it's a preference thing. That's my preference. You like the 320, obviously, yeah. because you've been using it. Gregory says he's been using the SM7B. Uh, he also has an RE20. Oh, RE, wow. Geez, oh, and a BP40. And it's a holy cow. Yikes. I spent some money uh, on that. Yeah. So good job. That 7B uh, is uh, is gain hungry and needs a lifter. So make yeah. sure you've got a lifter on that bad boy when you're, when you're doing that. That's the other piece of that is the EQ. How close are you to the mic? Do you have the right filters out in front of it if that's what you need? Rob Greenlee is a big fan of that 7B. I've probably seen him use that thing more than than anybody. Um, he sounds great on it. So wow, yeah. it's that's he's got all the mics. Somebody, somebody, somebody got a mic fetish. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then um, we have a question here: How much do you like hardware tools to adjust the audio from the mic? I have an SM, or I'm sorry, I have a, a DBX286 sitting here right now, plugged in, doing nothing. The only thing I'm using right now is the Rodecaster. And for me, I'm really starting. I just started playing with plugins. And the fact that I can buy a plugin for 35 bucks that does everything the $200 DBX does. I just got to do it in post. Now, some people might say, oh, Dave, you should be using the DBX because you're doing a live show. I get that. But um, again, I don't I'm going into YouTube which is going to compress the snot out of this. I'm like, I'm really not that worried about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Ross is saying, based on that little shootout there, once you set the baseline with the RE320, the ATR2100 sounds very thin. Um, had you started on the ATR, it wouldn't bother me. See, it's, it's one of those yeah, things. You, you wouldn't hear it, right? If, if you were Oh, like man, me. look at this. Gregory has serious gas. Uh, <laughs> I also have the mixed pre. Yeah. Gear acro- wow, acro- acquisition nice. syndrome. I like it. No, I like it. I, I like, I'm a, you know, I'm a hardware guy. So I like uh, the fact that you've tried all those out. The, the thing you have to be careful with, I just wrote an article for the podcast business journal about things people do to grow their audience that have nothing to do with growing your audience. And one of them is gear. Yeah. A lot of people just, like I said, when I go from a RE320 to a high LPR40, I'm going to sound a little different. But if your audience isn't saying, Dave, you're like your audio hurts my ears, then there's nothing wrong with your audio. You know, it's again goes back to if you don't sound confident with it. But I know a lot of people that spend a lot of time on gear and your audio's fine. I'm like, look, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Plus, you don't have to keep explaining to your wife why you just blew 400 bucks on a microphone when you've got three sitting over there. I do want a PR 40 now that you pulled that thing out. The, the, I think to Ross's point, um, the expectation of your audience, once they start getting used to hearing you in a certain way, they want to continue to hear you in that way. So whether it's a 2100 or whether it's a SMB uh, seven, whether it's a PR 40, whatever, whatever you've got, once you find it, keep it. Because there's, it is weird, Dave, if you started recording in something different, I'd notice, like yeah. on, on school podcasts, I'd notice if you were doing something different. And you're kind of like, oh, that's not... Yeah, that's my, not really- my, my uh, audio changes from time to time. Like right now, I'm using a plug-in and I'm adding some stuff. Um, 
somebody says, I'm, I'm liking my pod mic and the Rodecaster Pro. How did you, you must have asked Rode, because right now the pod mic is not available. I am starting to see reviews of them online, and everyone I've heard, they're comparing it to like a Shure SM7 or a Shure SM58 or the Audio-Technica, and they're all kind of saying the same thing. It's not a bad mic. The The downside is the pod mic is not USB, but in theory, it's got a shock mount built into it, and it's got a pop filter built into it. Uh, when I was at PodFest, I went over to it and gave it the happy peanut butter test, and I was not sold on their pop filter. I was like, eh, but again, you know, uh, we'll see. But uh, um, And then David is saying, is, is there a way to see us all in chat? I'm not. No, you can't see who's in chat with with YouTube with YouTube chat. Unfortunately, there is a button. If you go up to the three buttons in the upper right hand corner, it says participants. And if you click on that, it will show some people. But we haven't. I don't think it's the whole list. So I see like bangs and Dave, you're out there and David and four C's, one C's podcast, Gregory, Livestream Universe, Michael. I don't think that's everybody. So no, this isn't we, like chat wing or chat roll where you could see everybody listed. Yeah. And, uh, but speaking of people we would like to see, that's a, I don't know if that's a transition or not, yeah, it, was but good. it was a good one. Good one. It. Uh, yeah. we do want to thank the awesome people that support the show. If you want to join us, go over to ask the slash awesome. And, uh, for the, uh, the last week here in March, the teacher's pet is, uh, Josh Liston over at on the bubble podcast.com. Now this means Josh gets, uh, basically greatly reduced, um, podcast consulting. It's one-on-one with, with me and you and Josh has stepped down. So in April that is going to be open. So if you're interested in this, go over to um, patreon.com slash Dave Jackson, or just go to ask the podcast slash awesome. But we do thank those who uh, uh, contribute $20 a month uh, every week. And that is awesome. People like Greg over at debt shepherd.com. So if you're uh, starting to have I don't know, sweats and night terrors about your taxes and you're starting to think about your finances, you might want to check him out over at DebtShepherd.com. Glenn the Geek over at HorseRadioNetwork.com. If you like horses, uh, Glenn has a whole slew of shows. Joshua uh, Rivers over at PodcastingExperiments.com. Max Trescott over at AviationNewsTalk.com. So if you're into planes and uh, flying and that kind of stuff. Shane at Spybrary.com. Uh, Carrie Bond over at the keywestperspective.com slash podcast. So if you're in Florida and you want to learn more, or if you're going to Florida and you're going to be hanging out in Key West, that's a cool podcast. Uh, my buddy Ronsley over at mustamplify.com. That is a, a part of the Amplify Media Group, which is a podcast company down in Australia. And then Carl White, who has a great show, Life in the Carolinas podcast.com. So again, that's Life in the Carolinas podcast.com. And then the one and only Kim Kragy from Toastmasters101.net. So if you've ever thought of joining Toastmasters or getting the most out of Toastmasters, you can check that out. And again, if you'd like to be a part of this, simply go over to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. And we thank everybody for supporting the show. So and Dave, I, can I can I show and can I talk about an interesting he listens here oh, uh, and made can I do that? Sure. Or, are you not? Go okay. ahead. Real quick, behind my head. Oh, let's see. See, I have to go. Oh, yeah. There we go. No, right up, right up there. It's, no. it, it's, yeah, it's yeah, the opposite. Point. Isn't that weird? Yeah, you can't point. It's going to be that way. Anyways, uh, Ron, who's a regular listener of the show, made some of these 3D printed, and they're harder to see because of the lights, yeah. but some of these 3D printed coins, badges, whatever you want to call them, 
uh, for the show for Home Gadget Geeks. This is really cool, very, really light. I think he made these in an hour. We showed pictures of them the other day. Here's another one. It's kind of cool. Again, hard to see because of this white, but this actually has my logo here on the end. And then another one. He sent a couple. These are all kind of prototypes nice. that he had sent uh, too. Really cool, Ron. So, Ron, I know he's a listener of the show here. Thanks for sending these. We're, we're going to make some decisions on what we want to do. This one is actually showing up pretty well. There we go right there uh, in the camera. I'll probably just leave that one there. It looks, it looks pretty good. But Ron, thanks for doing that. This is filed under the interesting things your audience does for you when they start listening to you. Of course, 3d printers are big gadget gear stuff for us and home gadget geeks. We talk about them. So Ron, thanks for doing that. Very cool. Yeah. Super cool. Jim, I have no idea what banks is talking about. Hey, Dave, how about the EU's Article 11 and Article 13 that just passed two years until upload filters? Mm, I do not know. I have no idea. I'm like, well, we know what we're going to be talking about when we come back in two weeks. I'm like, hmm. Yeah, no, I I have not heard of those. That's that's interesting. Yeah. Um, If you want to, of course, if you want to come in and and give us an explanation as to what the heck that is, you can go over to askthepodcastcoach.com slash join and uh Assuming that Dave can remember to look down occasionally and see if anybody's in the green room, I will uh, bring it in, and uh, and we can. Apparently, talk about it. it's the the EU has overhauled their copyright system. The body will vote on a compromise announced last month that has received the backing of key European governments. The legislation is controversial, but two provisions receiving the bulk of criticism. Article Eleven aims to help news organizations collect more licensing fees from. News aggregators like Facebook and Google News. Article 13 aims to help copyright holders to collect licensees, licensing fees from user-generated content platforms like YouTube and Facebook. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Is well, any- this is, just goes back to the Spotify thing. Like, So Spotify, I think Rob has said this on the show, Rob Greenlee, that, okay, so Spotify adds more free like you, uh, us, us podcasters are basically making free content for Spotify, whether we like it or not, right? And they're not having for their listeners who are staying on Spotify but listening to podcasts. They're not getting; they don't have to pay royalties or they don't have to pay any anything for that, any licensing for that. We've given it to them for free, and so there's a little bit of backlash as the as as um, these platforms have consolidated, and all of a sudden, podcasters are starting to go, "Hey, wait a minute." You're using my content for free. And I think this is over the next decade, this is going to become, you know, who's the first, I shouldn't say this because I'm sure there's some already, but as podcasters, how do we license our content? If we want to get paid for it, like musicians do, by the way, we're going to have to come together. We're going to have to create a, a organization. We're going to have to lobby for it. We're going to have to get laws passed. Sounds like it might be happening in the EU already. Yeah, because Bangs is saying basically what this would do is any kind of media host like Libsyn or you know Blueberry or whoever is going to be liable for their copyright infringement. And then Emily brings up a good point. I'm not sure when the next episode of the feed comes out, but if that's the case, then Rob's going to be doing that. And this must be what James Cridlin over at Pod News was mentioning something that basically said it's going to make it impossible for podcasters to, to almost talk about anything. Oh, yeah, that that would be true, too. It flipped that way as well. Yeah, so I'll have to check that out. Uh, thank you, Bangs. We now have homework that we have to, <laughs> have to do. But since it is a global audience, you know, you got to figure it out. Jim, you have guests on your show. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you vet potential guests? Oh, wait a minute. Before we do that, 
we'll we'll hold that question for a second because the one and only you hear him, you know him, you love him. Uh, Mr. Bangs Naughty Bits is uh, joining us. We think. Yeah, he won't. I don't think he turned his camera on. That's all right. But mm-hmm. I can we hear him? Hello. Yes. Yeah. Good. You're there. So oh, sorry about that. That's all right. So tell us what's going on with this article thing. Well, this has been going on for the last year or so. One second while I pull an earbud that is out of sync with everybody's audio. Oh, I'm yeah. the boomer you, prob- you probably have still a, a video or audio player playing somewhere. Well, I have my phone in my ear, mm-hmm. or at least I did. Now mm-hmm. I don't. So I'm no longer boomering. Everybody's happy. Uh, last week, uh, the EU pushed through the final vote, at least from the parliament side of things, for their revised copyright system. And that includes Article 11 and Article 13. Uh, it's now called Article 17 for whatever reason, but nobody calls it that. Uh, because for the last year or two, they've been calling it 11 and 13. Uh, Article 11 is a link tax. So uh, if you link or copy text from, let's say, a news site, you owe them money and you're required to pay it. Uh, Spain did this independently, and Google pulled Google News from Spain uh, and no longer allowed Google News to uh, go through uh, the Spanish websites, killing off a lot of Spanish websites because they weren't getting recommendations from Google because of this. Yeah. Because they didn't want to pay the fees. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, Google, Google controls the traffic now, for sure. YouTube's uh, CEO, Wajiski, I believe, she has publicly stated that they're thinking about pulling YouTube from the EU over this. Mm. That's just floated out there as a, we really can't handle this kind of thing. Uh, It it only applies to people in the EU. It doesn't, uh, being in the US, Libsyn actually is fine. Spreaker, aren't they from Germany? Ultimately, it's kind of hard tracking who owns what now. Yeah, they are Voxnest, and I know a big chunk of their company is not in the U.S. I know their CEO is in New York, and I know Rob's in Seattle, but I know they have a huge, I think, in Spain and Germany, and because their their uh, their you know team is all over the place. Exactly. I tweeted out to him the day it passed, Rob and Spreaker in general, asking what their thoughts were. And they, uh, Rob at least, wasn't up to speed on what was going on. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of spooky. And it, it makes you wonder, like you said, if, if Google's pulling stuff. They, they are threatening to pull stuff. Yeah. So that's, that's. Uh, and, I, and they, they have a history like they will they will leave. Like they left China, so like it's not like they're they're if this is an empty threat. Uh, if if they in they they can control this. Like if they decide to move, you, things are destroyed when they do. If they pull YouTube from Europe, so to speak, right? Just say, all right, fine. The practical um, upshot is that two years from last week, in the next two years, all the EU states will have to pass laws that take everything that was passed into effect within the local state. So there's going to be however many versions of this one in Spain, one in Estonia, one in uh, Romania, one in France. And however it ends up working out, 
let's say uh, Spreaker's servers and the company itself are actually in the EU, they are responsible for my infringement. If I post something on Spreaker's servers that borrows from uh, DW Television, uh, Deutsche, Deutsche Welle, in theory, Spreaker has to pay the fee to cover that. That's... I guess is this kind of almost like a musician thing where everybody gets paid for their content, which well, it's a copyright thing. Everybody gets paid for their content mm-hmm. and uh, the journalists are all happy because they're going to get all this money from Google for the Google news uh, right. indexing because obviously Google's uh, made all their money by paying checks to people. Mm. Yeah. Huh. That's how you get a billion dollars. You write checks to people. Right. Over and over and over. Absolutely. Hmm. Well, Interesting. But, uh, yeah, it's the only way a company survives is they have if they implement some kind of upload filter, basically. So content ID will almost have to come to the media hosts. Hello there, person from Lipson. How yeah. are you doing? Please yeah. don't content ID me. Uh, and that brings up Google's recent announcement that they're doing transcriptions. Chris transcriptions, which is step one to putting content ID on a major podcasting resource. Hmm. Or search within the podcast too. Yeah. I mean, that, that that's as the, the ramifications. Good. Content ID bad. Yeah. I, I'm looking at what's well, bad about it. Well, but we still, we're, we're living, I mean, this is the, the tearing of the fabric of the traditional way of doing things. And, you know, this is when we think about I mean, their, their argument is Google and Facebook has made millions of dollars off of ripping off other people's, especially news organizations content to to drive folks to their own properties. Absolutely. And it's true, but it's that's the new that's the new way. And, um, you know, OK, so we stop it. Then everything stops. I mean, that's kind of the way the Web is was built. Article, in, article 11 in particular is referred to as the link tax. So if you have a link in your show notes that goes mm-hmm. somewhere that uh, this applies to, you have to pay a fee for that link. You know, which is just crazy because the whole premise of the web was built to, to for people to share things, right? That right. was the whole, hey, I want my stuff to be shared. Like, please, we all waited for our links to be shared. There were organizations including one that I work for that encourages people to share those links and, you know, free of charge with that. We don't, we don't want that. We want that stuff to come back to us. We, you know, we want the high search rankings. Um, the search rankings work on that premise. So, it, and when it's funny, article 13 is in, in, in the United States military is when you go to jail. <laughs> so <laughs> it's funny when you say article 13, uh, I, I always I kind of cringe a little bit for for the longest time when as a million we talked about that, but I, I don't know. Technically, it's Article uh, Seventeen down, oh, but it? nobody's actually okay, calling yeah. it that. Yeah, 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 for historical reasons. No, right on. Well, it's this is interesting because this is I yeah. it's the way the web works. We'll have to watch it going forward and see what the happens. EU is such a weird group, and they just they want they are so anti West uh, from. Um, from the United States, like they really have a, they really have an issue with the United States. And so they just, any company or anything the U S is doing, they definitely want to be on the other side of it. So well, technically the UK, uh, the UK was supposed to leave on the 29th. Yeah. That was the official drop dead Brexit, no deal. We're out date. And right. then there's another two weeks. It's been added on to it. Right. So yeah. they may or may not be leaving. 
So for podcasters, right, the real implication of this is that if I'm putting links uh, to organizations in my show notes, there could be, depending on where it lands, there could be some ramification to me or my host provider in being able to have some kind of system to pay royalties. Like, is that article 11? Yeah. Article 13 is just copyright in general. Yeah. And it's very, very small amounts. Uh, Individual words, maybe not, but once you start talking about an actual sentence copied from uh, the BBC or uh, Channel 12 or uh, 24 or whatever uh, your favorite European news source is, going to be an interesting question and we won't have an answer until the actual laws start passing Mm -hmm. in the individual countries Mm -hmm. yeah that's going to be here's the other question how do you police that like countries yeah i mean that that i mean because there are people now that are playing music in podcasts that it's straight up illegal and you know having said that if i'm suing somebody for doing that Libsyn has one address and I can find out what it is with a Google search where they don't necessarily know what my address well, that's is. That's true. They can't sue me as oh. it stands right now. So suddenly 1,500 requests for payment can arrive on uh, Spreaker's desk or I don't know if Libsyn has anything that would uh, entwine them into this, but in theory they could. Yeah, I guess. Well, I, Dave, you can, you you can and you shouldn't talk on behalf of Libsyn. Right. No, right. I'm not. That's why I'm yeah, using okay. Spreaker as an example. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think Good. Libsyn isn't in the EU. I don't think they have any servers, but if they did, that would be interesting to see where it uh, falls. Yeah, that, uh, that applies to any. Uh, your, you know, there's all the Chinese uh, server farm sites. Yeah. Well. We'll have to be listening to thefeed.lipson.com uh, to uh, to get any kind of official word from Lipson on this because I can't speak to that. We're we're gonna need a revolution on news. Like it's a mm. mess. Like it, you can't. You don't know where to go or what to get or what's true or what's right. Journalism is under fire. My daughter is. This is the business she's going into. And so she's in school right now studying to be a journalist and she has, she wants to be a traditional journalist in the sense of, of, you know, the unbiased and, you know, guarding your sources and all those things that we used to be traditional journalism. And it's, it is a, like, it is a mess. News is a mess. Go to any news site today and just trying to read the, like, try to get around the ads (laughs) to read the content. It's awful. Um, and, and I think a lot of being fired these past couple of months from the, the vices and spikes and yeah. well, news, stuff. news needs a new model. Yeah. I, I think we're going to have to, it needs a new model. And I just don't think we took an old traditional model coming out of print, uh, that went to broadcast in when broadcast consolidated. Um, that was probably the worst thing that could have ever happened to news organizations during the consolidation phase. And then the web is messed it up beyond belief. So I don't know. News is, has a, we, we've got to, we have to, as a, as humanity, I think we've got to struggle with and figure out a new way to do news. Cause it's, it's super messy yeah. right now. It's awful. Well, and on that happy note, I should be booted and you should go into something. <laughs> well, Michael has a great, he, he says, uh, wait, I hit the wrong one. He says, this is going to kill podcasting altogether. No, it's not. Nah. What it might nah. do is what Emily said, which is, well, I guess I'm not citing my sources anymore. Yeah. You know, show yeah. notes might get a little, uh, uh, you know, thin basically going forward. So, yeah, um, it, it but, might. 
right. might. We, thanks. thanks. Thank you so much, in. buddy. You take care. Bye bye. Yep. All right, man. See take ya. care. Wow, I got serious in a hurry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a good it's a good topic, and and you know well, we're, we're going to grapple with it for sure. I know Rob has talked about how California is getting ready to launch some sort of law about that's similar to I forget what it is now, but it's it's some sort of privacy thing that's just for California, which is going to make it look like its own country, basically. And I'm like. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, California is going to oh, lead the way for the United States it's, in privacy. It's similar to the GDPR. GDPR. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's just yeah. for California. So it's going to get, you know, this is where we have this great thing called the Internet. And now we have a really great chance to mess up the whole thing. Well, the, the, we're going through a privacy cycle mm-hmm. where everybody's privacy has been violated <laughs> in some form or fashion. And so the kickback response to that in in the EU, starting with Germany, the 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 privacy kickback to that is like everything is private. And so we've we've gone, you know, we've we've overcorrected in some in some respect. And that will that that will happen. And then these countries will be like, wow, this isn't actually very effective. <laughs> like this isn't working either. We're gonna have to, you know, and we are, we're going to have to continue, you know, the next 15, 20, 25 years to figure out what this privacy thing is. And I don't think the EU is the solution. I don't think the Silicon Valley is the solution right now. They're awful. Like uh, Facebook is awful. Well, Emily, uh, yeah. Emily says your daughter is younger, I is know. a younger me. I was once a wide eyed idealistic journalism major. And then my internship taught me that basically advertisers basically own us, which is why shows like Congressional Dish and the No Agenda Show don't have sponsors. It's all right. Right. user, uh, whatever you call it. But, and that's Donations. a model. Like, yeah. That's a model. Like it, uh, That's the privatization of news. And it, we may get to the point where if I want to get real news, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to pay the Omaha World Herald to get it like I used to with a subscription. I'm going to individually support journalists through Patreon. That's it. Like, and it's there, but it, the, the, you know, that's the decentralized news, which by the way, the only way the news was ever delivered used to be decentralized up until about a hundred years ago. And then we began a centralization process, right? Broadcast media brought all that together. That's, that's a new thing. Traditionally, that has not been the way we've gotten news. It's always been private. It's always been decentralized. The United States in the 1800 had thousands of newspapers not three, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so it's that that that's that's pretty new. Yeah, the thing in California is the CCPA. It stands for California Consumer Privacy Act, yeah. which again is all about privacy. It'll so, follow. It'll follow GDPR. Yeah, sure. so it's just gonna. We'll see. I have faith that uh, people may not. Uh, well, the difference completely. though in the so in the U.S. the U.S. is for the most part, and not heavy handed when it comes to coming in and enforcing that on their own. They won't come in and do that like on behalf of people. The EU has proven that to be different. The EU will come in and actually go after people. They went after Microsoft, right? In the 90s and 2000s. Yeah, that's true. They're going to go after Google. They will go after organizations. Will they go after the small podcasters? Mm, who yeah. knows? So with enforcement, you never know. But there's a big difference between the EU and the United States when we think about um, you know, the enforcement of that. 
Barb's jumped in. Yeah. Hi, guys. How are you? <laughs> Leave it to me to do the crazy side in this. But I wanted to jump in because, as you can see, Dave is back there on my television in the virtual world. This is from, streaming from YouTube. Literally, the audio and video stream in there. There can be people from all over the world in that environment watching that. Is this That's Second Life? Compl- yes. <laughs> and that's what I, you know, I'm in here. The federal government is in here. Um, I'm in here from a health standpoint because the American Cancer Society is in here primarily. But over the years, I've had multiple uh, projects in here for uh, big uh, players. So, Barb, are you saying that there's another uh, another way of delivering news or n- delivering Absolutely. these things in it's this in this going. in this world? Right? right, because it's it's all. This is what really blows your mind. This is the kind of stuff I've been studying because this is like what China won't do. And it, I mean, these countries are in these environments. I'm trying to think through, like. It's really, really what you're saying is it's kind of just a virtual, you know, it's it's the, some of the hangout stuff we've done this way with real representation of us. Mm-hmm. But right. in this world, of course, like you can kind of take on some avatars and, and do some other fancy things inside the. It's interesting, though, when you said support group, that could be a really, really powerful medium of a way to connect with people virtually well, to to get that done. Exactly. That's what I learned. That's what really broke down the barriers. In different countries, because of the tools that are available here, the text chat that we're all familiar with, that can actually be morphed into voice representation in the appropriate language. Thank you, Barb. And uh, Jim, what is coming up on uh, the AverageGuy.tv these days? Whether you know it or not, Windows 10 has a new version coming out imminent anytime, 19H1 or 19.03. By the way, as a podcaster, watch your systems. It could could update here coming up quickly. Oh, boy. uh, The AverageGuy.tv. Nice. And on the School of Podcasting, I interviewed David Hooper. Uh, author of the book, Big Podcast. It's a big book. I am still reading this. I'm on like chapter 14. There's like 50 chapters in this thing. And what's interesting is there are two things that I really disagree with in this book. There are a lot of things in here that I'm like, wow, that's really good. And I told him, I said, do we want to go there? And he goes, oh, absolutely. Let's go there. So that'll be coming out on Monday. And the other fun thing that I realized is I have to record another show today. I need to record two school of podcastings because I'm not going to be able to record one for when I'm in uh, the national, when I'm at the NAB show. So that's one of those things where it's always good to have like multiple thoughts somewhere in my case, Evernote where I go, what else am I talking about? I don't know if I'm going to do, I want to do an episode on um, interviewing. I don't know that I'm going to rush that though, but we have other things coming up. But uh, so we will be back in two weeks. That is meaning it will be April 13th, which sounds far away, but it'll be here before you know it. Uh, Askthepodcastcoach.com slash live chat room. Thanks as always. And uh, we will see you uh, right back here in about. Uh, oh, see, I still have 27 seconds. Holy cow. I'll just let it play out. This it's is going to play out. We'll be right back here with some post show. So stick around, everybody. And uh, we'll be right back.